0: Hey there, magical beings. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy, and I help spiritual adventurers remember who they are and why they're here so they can up-level with ease slash be sparkly AF. And I want to tell you a little story. A client of mine a few years ago loved one of my blog posts so much that she made a poster out of it and gave me the poster. I was absolutely blown away by the gift, and then promptly forgot about it. I did store it in a super safe place. For my birthday this year, my husband got it framed. And it's amazing. It's amazing that something that I wrote five years ago still resonates so much. I'm so grateful that it does. And I want to share those words with you. All in. All in is being committed. It's putting your heart and soul into something. It's curiosity. It's dedication. It's the mother who throws herself on top of her child in the midst of a tornado. It's the entrepreneur who builds herself up from nothing to become a household name. It's the athlete who does whatever it takes to cross the finish line. Being all in is being present. It's being free from distractions and free from expectations. Going all in means trusting the process. But going all in doesn't mean going all out. The Ironman athlete who paces herself on the swim and is patient on the bike is all in. The marathoner who holds back a bit during the first few miles is all in. The athlete who honors his rest days, knowing that rest makes him stronger, is all in. And going all in doesn't mean going it alone. When someone goes all in, they make it happen, whatever it may be. It may mean hiring a coach, seeking a second opinion, changing your habits, or going back to school. Is going all in scary? Hell yes. You're not just wearing your heart on your sleeve you're wearing it on your face. But is it worth it? Hell yes. And now let's get into this week's conversation. It's with Karine Walsh. And she is the CEO of Revampologist LLC, a strategic growth consulting and executive leadership coaching firm. She's the host of Your Badass Journey podcast and the Amazon best-selling author of Lead with Value how leaders unleash their vision, empower teams, and evolve their business. I hope you all enjoy this conversation. And as always, please go forth and be awesome. So what does alignment mean to you?
1: Alignment to me is where you are able to truly stand in your truth in all that you do. Mm. You know, I was
0: recently, are you familiar with Louise Hay? Um, haven't, haven't okay. been exposed. So she talks about, she wrote, you can heal your life. And she talks about um, if you have pain in certain parts of your body, she gives you a, like a mantra mm. for each of those. And feet, the mantra is something The effect of I stand in truth and move forward with joy. Mm. I've adapted it so much that I'm not sure if that's right. Yeah. That just made me think of what you just gave as your beautiful.
1: Yeah. I love that. And it's so it's so funny because I I always when I'm feeling untethered or I'm feeling like a misaligned or just something's off. I generally take off my shoes and like like almost stomp my feet on the ground, like to just feel the grounded space so that I can return back into my body. Cause generally it just means I'm too much in my head. Right. And so I like return back into my body to ask myself like, what's true to me right now and how can I get realigned? So that makes sense that that's one of the mantras for especially your feet. Yeah. That. yeah. And
0: I, well, I am barefoot as much as possible. Yeah. So yeah. I gotta keep that connection with the earth.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so back to alignment, what does it feel like in your body?
1: When I am truly aligned, I feel like my shoulders are down. I'm, 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 my, my core is engaged. I have a mm, kind of flow in my step that is, I'm not even, I'm not even truly aware of my movements, you know, like I, I'm just in flow and, and I feel like um, pain doesn't exist, even though, even if I probably have some pain somewhere, <laughs> like hanging out, I'm not, not really feeling it when I'm in aligned moments. Mm. Yeah, the definition there just sounds so much like flow.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's true. How do you define flow?
0: Flow is, so I define it as the opposite of forcing. Mm -hmm. And flow is when we are allowing when we allow. Yeah. And our body knows what to do. Our soul knows what to do. We're led by our body and soul and there's no struggling. Yeah. And there's just, there's really no thinking.
1: Yeah. I love it. Cause there's the, um, to me, the word lately that's been coming up is just to be curious. Cause I feel like curious creates an opening of allowing what's to happen next whether it's something you want to learn or curious about how it would feel in the body and i and i feel like it's such a um a great word to describe or trigger like an opening to being in flow or you know finding alignment so that that's great curiosity is my favorite thing in the world yeah you have to i mean if you're going to truly explore how you stand in this world i mean to be curious actually creates an empowered move with everything you do. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship with curiosity? You know, I, I would say that it feeds my creativity. Um, I'm very much, uh, and I, I, as a growth strategist and someone who's actually quite cerebral in um, finding solutions and assisting my clients and excelling in their companies or in their lives as entrepreneurs and leaders running their companies. Um, you know, curiosity allows me to question the status quo and question what's what's working and what's not working so that we can find a clear path forward. So it really is at the root of a lot of my actions is that it, it starts with curious questioning, you know, <laughs> like I just to get, to, to get the knowledge I need to get the, understand the situation I'm walking into, you have to be curious. So it really empowers me.
0: So I'm curious, you say you're a growth strategist. Yeah. You've also got this podcast Yeah, called the Badass Journey, Your Badass, Your Journey. Badass Journey. Yeah. When I hear that, <laughs> I hear like very different vibes.
1: Yeah. So
0: So what does it feel like for you?
1: So your badass journey was my best way of creating a space to allow people to voice how they got to where they are, knowing that our journeys are it's not like an overnight situation, right? And I wanted to create a dialogue of, we had to, you know, each individual goes through what I can call growth spurts, in life that dictate the journey that they're on and help them. Sometimes in hindsight would tell a different story than when you're actually in it. And because of my um, desire to have an open dialogue on my podcast and actually allow my guests to shine as they share their journey, uh, it, it it was just the best wording for it. Your Badass comes from my first book that I published called Be a Badass, Six Tools to Uplevel Your Life, which is my, was my deep dive of self-development, sharing the tools that helped me get through really um, challenging times that have since been the foundation of how I show up in the world and um, is why I use the word badass in my show. I also find that from the comparison or your questioning on, well, how does that match with growth strategy, right? As a coach and as an entrepreneur and as someone who is constantly um, focused on releasing what doesn't work and going towards the things that I desire in my own life, it's literally been the energy behind most of the clients I engage with as well. And the best way for me to explain that or put a title around it. You know how hard it is when you're like a dynamic person, like how the hell you come up with a title of one thing to call yourself. It's very difficult. And so I was like, well, truly I'm a growth strategist, whether it's self-development growth, professional development growth, whether it's, you know, um, business management, business revenue growth, whatever that looks like, that's always growth is something that is the foundational word for me. Strategy the reason why I call myself a strategist is because the how to get things done and to um, use the frameworks that I've used over time to get to it faster by working with me, that's the strategist part.
0: Mm.
1: What does uh, badass mean to you? So a badass to me is someone who really embodies who they choose to be in this world. They step into their life on a pot of, apologetically and they really embody the version of themselves that they want to be right here, right now. I like that definition.
0: As similar to mine. Yeah, what's mine, yours? I would add to that they're open hearted mm. and um willing willing and um excited I, I don't know if that's quite the right word, to be seen.
1: Mm. Yeah, like a high vibe energy. Yeah. 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 I could I could visualize that. Those but that vulnerability words. is a big part of it for me too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a badass embraces who they are and if asked, they will share whatever it is that, that you know, they feel is best for the ears that are listening. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not about the audience in a badass. Dance, right it's about how they choose to show up and open heartedness i like that you use that word to describe it too um because one of my my top 3 core values is love and cuz i realized that when i was when i am not aligned with the love a muffin that i am then and and <laughs> it's like it doesn't that's when i'm misaligned and so love creativity and integrity are my three top core values that I lean into to realign also, um, again, from a cerebral standpoint. It's just, it. it is part of that badassery, right? Like it's the ability to love through anything regardless of the circumstance. Mm. So it's that that helps you click back into place. It's It's one of the methods. Yeah. One of the tools I use is to check myself on am i am i so disjointed in myself because if i if i go back in time and i think about when i was most unhappy um verge of depression self sabotage you know all the things that do not reflect truly the life i desired for myself but that's how i was showing up in the world it was because i was not paying attention to what my core values are and i was probably um, aligning more with someone else's expectation of me versus what I wanted for myself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So
0: as, how did you separate that initially? Like I imagine now it's pretty easy for you. You know yourself.
1: Yeah. And it still happens. Uh, I would say the cycles are shorter now. So the, the tools that I love to train people on or, or even, leverage, lean into, whatever word you want to use, um, are knowing that the moments are going to happen, the triggers are always going to show up. It's how you actually manage through when you're triggered, what do you truly want and how do you want to show up um, right now? So it's like, whose story are you telling yourself? Because if it's someone else's story that you're carrying, then yeah, you're, you're walking in an inauthentic life. You're trying to lead in a story that um, isn't really there for you. It's someone else's expectation of you that's making you show up in a way that is misaligned. And so if we can get to the root of how are you showing up and why are you showing up that way and whose story is it and what is the story you want it to be, Uh, that cycle becomes faster and faster once you flex those muscles, and you get into the truth of what's really happening uh, to then decide how you want to show up in it next. Um, So it started at a, a, um, I'd say I've always been an uh, intuitive, empathic person from a very young age and a huge listener. What I didn't know uh, or have the skill about at a young age. So we're talking like my tweens into, you know, my twenties where I would feel like listening. And when people would share their problems with me, they were my problems to solve, even though it was theirs, right? As an empath, we carry energies of, of others. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and I, so I didn't have the filter system in place yet to say, what's mine, what's yours? And like, know that. So I carried a lot for a long time and it would show up in my eating. It would show up in my um, health management. It would show up in my emotional health um, as well. And then as I got older and I always say that, you know, as an adult, you have a choice always. (laughs) So I finally like hit the adulthood and I didn't have to really carry the burden of other people's stories as much, but it took a lot of unraveling and letting go and forgiveness to then create the opening to design, you know, the life I really feel I'm meant to have and um, that I desire. How did your intuition show up for you as a kid? You know, I always had like um I would see things before hearing it or seeing it or or being shown. Like it would be it would come to me so things that I knew I had not experienced in this realm yet in this version of life right now felt very familiar to me um all along the way. It still happens to me today. And I and I think it's because there's uh, you know, divine connection of sorts that just is like, oh, you know this already, you know. So it becomes it like it fuels my courage to step into things that I really truly have never done before. But there's a certainty in self that is like has a knowing to step into it. So my intuition today, I leverage in my coaching practice as well as in my um, my consulting business where when I'm challenged, when I see a a company or a a leader's challenge and trying to move forward in what they're doing, I listen first to what they're saying, but I'm also listening to the messages coming to me, like of the possibilities for this specific situation. And then I share it, you know, just really simply of saying, you know, what's coming to me is, or have you considered this and that is my representation of my intuition what
0: how, what's your relationship like with your intuition actually i don't care about That's not true i do yeah. care about i want to know what it's like now but it yeah. seems like you guys are getting along really well now yeah was
1: it always
0: easy in? for you
1: as a kid no uh, no, because, you know, as a child, you're conformed to step into the framework that other people set for you. It's very rare. Now I'd say parenting is a little different. I don't have kids myself, but I've seen in um, my friends who have kids, my um, even my family members who also have children, that they is there's more of an open dialogue of showing up as who you are versus conforming to who they think you should be. Um, so, I would say that that stunted a lot of my true intuition because i it would create doubt for me when the system I was in did not really align with how I thought about myself or how I thought about life or how I thought about relationships would be because I had to show up a certain way to be a part of my family to be in the schooling I was in, et cetera and I think we all pretty much suffer from a um conforming disease of sorts I would call it where that's how people then create self-sabotage because they feel like they're not showing up towards someone else's expectation of them versus what they truly desire because they haven't seen what they truly desire in a reflection of who they're surrounding themselves with. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's village, but like it's, it's that community sense. It's that tribal sense. And if you can't find that tribe that gets it, um, and that, again, that's the beauty of being an adult. We get to choose who we surround ourselves with. I think that that is a really um, big game changer to realize that if you're not feeling aligned with who you are and your intuition or your connection to self, your higher power, whatever you want to call it, feels disjointed or untethered, it could be also the reflection of the, the group you're surrounding yourself with or the, the arena you're playing in. So
0: I'm hearing that part of your recipe for alignment is like connection with self, connection with spirit, connection with community.
1: Yeah. I would say foundational step is first connection with self. Cause if you, if you know yourself well enough, then you'll guide yourself into the right arenas. So the community, the tribe, the people you surround yourself with, you can become super selective to make sure that's either dialing up every time or you might be making decisions where it shuts you down. So for me, that was a big lesson for me to learn, guide and create for myself, where I put myself in the rooms that stretch me, where I can be curious, I can learn about myself as well as my capabilities, but also know that I'm around a group of people that reflect it back to me. Like I'm not either the lowest uh, um Exposed in the room or the highest exposed in the room, right? Like I want to find that there's some reciprocity in the environments I go into so that we're all moving forward together and feeling that reciprocation. so you're experiencing group flow, yeah, group flow is epic when you can when you can feel it, and I know um, before we started our conversations today, I was sharing with you about my workshop last weekend and Holy shit when you're the facilitator of group flow man that high is something that like I had not felt in a long time. I used to lead meditations and do group, you know, um healing work and such, but it was very sporadic. This was the first time where I actually integrated my spiritual side um and my business savvy and my girl power side, you know, my badass side of, of business owning and was the facilitator of this space where everybody was on such a high vibe in the room and it's still going on. Like I'm still vibing it five days later after coming out of that. And they are also too, like we're on a Marco Polo and we're talking to each other all the time and they're just super like energized about everything. But also when it doesn't feel good, they're sharing that too so that we can flow through it together and Mm -hmm. lean on each other to find the um, support and the, is the word refuge? I wanna say refuge, is that right? (laughs) We'll just go with it. Um, Where they can like rest and recover and recharge and keep going after what they want next to, or to represent, you know, and build the life they truly desire. So that flow, that group flow, That's like a, that's a whole nother level and it feels awesome. It is. How many people did you have there? So I kept it intimate on purpose. Um, (laughs) So I had four female entrepreneurs who are in service-based business um, come into the room. And then I had different um, lunch for the lunches we had, we had different speakers come in, but I made sure to preserve our space in a way that whoever I actually introduced in got it, you know, like they weren't coming in and disrupting it. And, and so it, it takes a, it takes a really, um, intuitive Mm -hmm. nature and focus to like create that space that way, you know? Have you always
0: been able to do that to like
1: handpick the, the right people at the right time? I mean, I, I think it's one of my giftings, uh, in how I manage relationships and know people to know what would be an energetic fit and what maybe would not be. And I think that's what actually created a lot of success in my career and the way I run my business is that the people management side is the foundational side to getting anything done. And so if you, if you take the time to understand each individual's desires and needs and what they're trying to achieve, and then you figure out, okay, how does that match the next person that joins the room or, or how would it, how would it create conflict and how would it create synergy? Right? Like it's, it's just really fun way. Um, so it has been a skill of mine for a long time. I leveraged it, leveraged it as an executive in corporate, and then I leverage it as I run my own company and I leverage it in my community. Like I'm all about connecting people. Anybody who knows me in my life, they'll be like, Hey, Karine, do you know someone who, and I'm like, yeah, I probably do. Here's the person, you know, like that's, that's the beauty of, um, I love bringing people together. I really do. But connecting in a deep way. So I'm not a surface-based person. And I realized that I, when I was designing this event, I originally thought I would wanted like 25 people in it. And then I really had to sit with it. And I'm like, no, Kareen, you love to go deep. Like you want to serve. Like my core is serving. And and I want people to have the impact that they truly desire for investing in a weekend like that. You know, you're leaving your family For a weekend, you got to get the coverage, you're paying for flights, you're showing up into this space. And so that it has to be, like in my mind, designed in a way that exponentially gives you the return on that investment, um, but also represents who I am as a gatherer you know, (laughs) and and wanting you to know that there's always this foundation there. And my my um my badass entrepreneurs from from the workshop, they know that I'm always walking alongside them. That's that is my theme of life. Um especially how I I engage with my clients that it's just really cool to know that they're walking alongside me now too because we built that bond in the room. And that was that was really cool takeaway. It sounds like you coach from a place of,
0: we're all in this together.
1: Yeah. I I coach from a place of, I got you, you know, like bring it, like show me what's going on. It's it's this day and age is really many years I've been doing this to phase me, (laughs) you know, like, so It's more about what I realized is that everybody has a story to tell or a situation they're trying to get through or something that they're trying to get over or something they're trying to achieve. Like there's always this energetic energy, like actionable energy that's flowing. Generally, there's also something that's blocking them. And so the space that I like to create is an openness of like, just share it. Let's get it out. Because the faster you actually get it out then the easier it is for us to find a solution together. And as a coach, so a coach's stance is someone that is assisting you and achieving it yourself and and not responsible for for that end result. Like it's your responsibility. We're just coaching you to get there, right? Like that's a coach's stance. And that's why I don't call myself a growth coach because I actually – I also have my consulting business because a lot of the times the coaching is the mindset work. It's the determination, it's the decision-making, et cetera for that individual. then they're all of a sudden they're always asking, but how, like how do I get there? How do I get there? How do I get there? And I'm like, okay, let me show you how the show you how part is advisory. It's mentorship. And it's consultancy sometimes. Sometimes it's, let me walk with you and show you how, teach by example, and then you can bring it on your own and I just will advise you in the future. Like, so I didn't want to be limited to just a coaching role because I'm more than that. Um, And I feel like that is the, the differentiator of me too, is that I can bring in the right toolkit and the right methodology based on that walking alongside together. You know, that's why I say it's alongside.
0: I really honor you for uh for distinct distinctifying. Wow, that word was gonna come out of my mouth. I don't think that's really a word. It's all right. We're making up words today. I love it. (laughs) Making the distinction between coaching and consulting. I know there's a lot of confusion out there. There's a lot of people calling themselves coaches who are not coaching. They're telling people what to do. And coaches don't do that. Right. Coaches ask empowering questions to help you figure it out yourself. Right. Because you have all the answers.
1: And there absolutely is a role for coaching and consulting. Yes. And advisory and mentorship. Like they're all different stances. Um, And for me, the dynamic way that I approach people who step into my world of wanting assistance, right? So first there's that I have to first validate that this person in front of me actually wants my help. That was also another thing I had to learn because I don't know how to turn this off, right? Like I, I. This is who I am now. Me standing in my alignment. I will always find ways to solve whatever is going on, but I had to create the boundaries so I'm not overextending myself into spaces where someone didn't ask. Mm -hmm. So it's always like, you know, right? Like, it's so like, I didn't ask you for help. I just wanted you to listen to me. Like how many times I'm sure coaches have heard that (laughs) back and forth. It's like, you guys have to pause and say, does this person need me as a service? And if it is, then I also have to make sure that there's a dollar amount associated with that service. My besties get all of me always and will always, I will always have their back and share whatever they need in the moment. Like that's, that's my tribe, like my true tribe. My clients, though, become clients because there is a, a, an exchange in order to receive the true value of my gifting. And I think that's the, also the other misstep people have when you're of a business of service is that you know it's natural to you, but that's your expertise, so you have to find ways to monetize it, but also invite people into your business structure and stop giving it away all sorts of ways for free. Because then, then you're actually depleting yourself and then wondering why all this hard work you're doing isn't paying off. It's because you forgot to ask to get paid. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? Because that's definitely something I struggled with early on in my
0: business. And I know so many people yeah. struggle
1: with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were taught at a very young age that hard work reaps rewards. When you're standing in alignment with who you are, it's not that hard, right? And so all of a sudden you're questioning, well, how can I get paid for something that's this easy? And so you don't ask for it, Mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of us feel like, especially if you're in a service-based business, like coaching, consulting, whatever service you're offering, you're not creating a product, it's services. You start to question whether or not it's worthwhile to charge for it because it's you are the service, and that to me, is a self-worth problem that needs to get rectified first. so when you can first approach you know is, is am I feeling worthy enough to ask for this exchange? like most of the women that came to my my workshop last week, we had to dive into self-worth. I mean, for majority of the afternoon to remove blockers to then design their seven figure businesses, because that's what the goal of the weekend was for this particular workshop. And, I, and it was like it was beautiful because they actually took the time to share their their beliefs in themselves and then realize that they created that belief and they can change it. And they can state their worth and they can go after more and they know that they're an expert in their field because every single other person in that room wanted to hire the other person to do the discipline that they're experts at because we shouldn't be doing it all. That's how we actually misalign ourselves as well. We overextend. We try doing it all. And then we wonder why we're burning out again and not having the results that we hope for for working so hard. We get back into that trap. I was just thinking about this today. Yeah. I'm working with a new VA
0: and I am madly in love with her. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. That's the best when you find the right Yeah, So because I'm able to be like, okay, I can do this. And then, ah, can you do this for me and this for me? Then that gives me time to go do the things that make me super sparkly. Yes. Which then... First of all, allows for divine ideas to come in, yes, and then it gives me time to implement a time like the time and space and energy to show up, yes, and be me and be my best self. That's right,
1: you have oh. to stay in your zone of genius mm-hmm. and sustain it, and then create the laundry list of things that you don't need to be doing or don't want to do or low vibe, low frequency actions. Like, I always use the I always use this an- analogy, which is. Uh, yes. Of course I could clean my house. Of course I could. I have the skills to do that. Do I enjoy it? No. Is it worth me at my whatever, 750 an hour rate to clean my house? No, I can go find somebody that loves doing it. It's what they they enjoy. Why wouldn't I give them that that time to do that for me, help them get paid at what they love and give me my time back, to then go and be focused on the things that drive the revenue into my business that help me get that energetic connection that you're talking about on, on the high vibe energy of what I want to attract in and stay in my zone. Yes. You know, so it's, if you can equate it to something as simple as that, and you're doing that in your business, there's a whole list of things. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying that's part of the mastery that I'm working on because there's are still areas of my business that I need to delegate and find the right team members for. But those are growth spurts. And it's so important to find the right person. Yes.
0: To find the person that just like for me, it makes me feel so supported and held and, and understands me when I'm like mumbling.
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: I want this, this, and this, but I don't think that makes any sense. Yeah. And I it's, think it's, it's key amazing. what you said. that person that you hired to clean your house, that person actually loves doing that. Yeah. Sometimes we think if it's something that we don't like to do or something that drains us, oh, how could I make somebody else do this? Right.
1: Oh, somebody else... Loves doing that, right? Find the person that gets obsessed with that thing, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is, and that's the right person to have aligned in in your life, you know, yeah. and and make it easier for you because you attract way more into life and business, the connection in your relationships, the whole thing. If you are high vibing yourself, and that's your zone of genius. When you step out of it and you feel untethered and misaligned. It's really what then creates havoc everywhere else, and 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 literally that's the reflection, right? That you yeah. start to see, yeah, yeah. That's you actually boarding the struggle bus. Yes,
0: you don't have to. And do burnout that. is around. Turn the around and get off that bus. That's right. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Um. What? We <laughs> switching gears completely, Kareem. Sure. What's the scariest thing you've ever done?
1: scariest oh okay so physically scary I would say I was in um I was living in San Francisco at the time so it was maybe like 23 and I um had a friend come visit me from college we ended up going out to Vegas or we know we met in Vegas for a convention and then we decided to drive from Vegas to LA and on the drive, he's like, oh, I want to do this like hike or trail or whatever. Like he's just vague about what he wants to do. He's like, but I, but because we're going through the desert, I want to go do like this hike thing. And now to give you a visual, visual of me um, at the time and still, <laughs> I would say is that I was basically like quasi not really athletic and I am not a hiker I like was wearing maybe I had a bandana on my head to keep my hair back a t-shirt some yoga pants and like a long sleeve shirt like wrapped around my waist with my like regular workout sneakers on he He dressed like a model who's going Oh yeah right (laughs) thank you (laughs) dressed like a model getting ready to go on this hike (laughs) and so when we go when you go through the terrain between Vegas and Los Angeles. There's um, it's like rocky, sandy desert, um, and so he decides we're gonna climb the Death Valley buttes. I we woke up because we stayed the night before. We stayed in this um, literally looked like a murderous motel. <laughs> like I was not comfortable at all. <laughs> And uh, so I did not sleep well, right? Because I was like, where the hell are we? We We're in the middle of nowhere. It said like population, like 200 people or something. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm a city girl. I was what I called myself a bi-coastal bitch. I lived between New York and San Francisco at the time. I was like, where the fuck am I, basically? And so I didn't sleep well that night and so we got up and he like it was immediate because we didn't really sleep well and we got in the car and he's like okay i passed out in the car because i didn't sleep the night before all of a sudden he rolls up to this space called the death valley buttes there are two of them one's a little higher than the other and we're gonna climb them right and i so i'm half asleep i get out the car and i just start following him because i think he knows what the freak he's doing well he didn't because there was no we had no water we had no no gear nothing and I'm just following like blindly following this dude thinking he knows what he's doing he's a dear friend of mine but it was just such a fun funny funny scary experience because we got all the way to the top it took about an hour and 15 right at the edge of the top I almost literally like lost my footing and he caught me because I totally would have pummeled down all these rocks were in the middle of nowhere etc like it was crazy but finally he saved me in that moment I'm still cursing him in my head because I have no idea what's going on. We get to the top. The only thing on him was a, he actually had like one of those disposable cameras. Like he remembers to bring that, but not water, dude. What is happening? (laughs) So then I'm standing top, it's gorgeous. Like we're literally in the middle and I was very proud of myself, super scary, but proud that I got to the top. Then I'm looking down and I'm like, how the hell are we getting down from here? Because it's all loose rock. It's like super steep. So you had to crab walk down, crab walk. And and for those people listening, I am a bootylicious girl. Okay, so when (laughs) you crab walk, your ass is basically dragging down (laughs) the hill because you don't have the stamina to carry your ass in a crab walk (laughs) down this loose rock. So I'm sliding, I'm getting bruised. I'm like, I mean, literally took me another six hours to get down. So what took an hour and 50 took me six vultures are flying above us. Like the whole thing. I mean, you can't make the shit up, but it actually, it actually happened. I would say that was probably the scariest, but also most rewarding, um, experience for me because in the moments of coming down where I'm cursing him and I'm trying to get my act together and I'm talking to God a lot. And I'm like, just guide me, like help me get through this, etc." And then by the time I get to the bottom, like he had to stay a good portion ahead of me because I'd be kicking rocks down. And he, cause he was trying to find our way back down. Right. Like, so he you know, but just so he wouldn't get hurt also, cause things are just flying down this hill. So then he goes and gets the car, which was many miles away. He's like a gazelle, okay? He's like hopping through this, and I'm like dragging ass down this hill. <laughs> so then we finally get to what's the base of the terrain, and I, I can see the vehicle. He pulls the vehicle closer. I could barely move my legs. Like I was so sore from head to toe, where I was just literally kicking out my heels. And that's all that could move like i looked like a weird robot you know (laughs) like just trying to get to the car we get to the car i sit there and i'm like i cannot believe hey the sun has set okay like we started early morning It's now dark and like that we survived the situation because it could have been a lot worse but it was really like scary in that moment of am i gonna make it you know almost falling off this and then being in so much physical pain because there was zero training for this situation and then and then hitting that car and like finally sitting and knowing i was safe like that's when it actually kind of hit me all that had just happened and he was very proud of me he's like no other woman I know would have done this with me I'm like yeah because this is a fucking stupid <laughs>
0: because you tricked me I was sleeping at the start
1: I thought we were going on like a trail walk in between like some boulders you know like I was thinking like Sedona like you know easy and this was a that was the probably the scare like one of the scarier moments and and um but made me feel a lot Better about myself that I could survive something like that, you know. Like I would never do it again. I would never be on Survivor, you know, of the show or anything. Like that is so not me. But it was definitely one of those memorable, scary experiences that made me more uh, courageous. I would say trying new things. What did you learn from it? I'd say um, physically, I learned you know, really, you can push yourself. My recovery took a good two days. Like I was bruised from like my everywhere from kept cause I fell a lot. But the fa- the fact that I could physically bounce back, granted I was in my twenties. If I did it now, shit would be broken. <laughs> but, but I learned that uh, my body can actually handle a lot if I just get my mind right. You know, like if I actually build the stamina mentally, than I could actually do more physically. So I I walked away with that. Um, I also took away the fact that uh, you just have to try to know how you're gonna show up in something. Uh, And that was really cool in that regard. And it also created a really good bond with somebody that I already cared for, like we were really good friends, um, that now we had this experience together. So sometimes you have to try new things to build deeper relationships. I heard one more
0: thing that, I don't know, let me know if this yeah, tell is also me. a lesson you took away. It sounds like you started before you were ready. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes that's the best way to do things.
1: Yeah. It was more like I started blindly mm-hmm. and then was catching up with myself. Like, what the hell did I just start? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I have to finish. So the yeah. other part is like, I have to follow through and finish or those vultures would have gotten to me yeah sticking with it for sure Mm, that's amazing thanks for sharing that story of course yeah that was a fun one haven't thought about it in a while
0: um another pivot yeah if you had a billboard what would it say a billboard
1: any kind of billboard well what kind of billboards are there no, well, I mean, there's so many kinds. There's digital, there's print, <laughs> like, but it's more about, I'm like a, a billboard of like something about me or something I would want people to to know. I don't know. It's well, let's question. put it, Let's. you're a city girl. Let's put it in Times Square. So if I had a billboard in Times Square, what would I want it to say? Uh, life is too short. Not to enjoy it. Be kind to one another. Mm. Black and white, real simple.
0: Where does that come from?
1: It comes from spending too much time in, like, wasted in the darkness. Like of other, you know. Like I said, I, I, I definitely had many years of trying to follow a path that someone else designed for me. um, And it shortened my life. You know, that's how I feel. Like, I feel like that was so much time wasted when you're on the other side. Obviously, I would not have learned the lessons I have if I didn't go through it. So, but it's more about, you know, kindness to each other and and to even more sort of to yourself actually puts more time on the calendar because you're in that, blissful state for you and are also giving. And um, it's like a reciprocity piece that makes it just easier to get through each day. You know, like when you carry around the darkness or what's not working or focus on the heavy nature that life can be, because that's really easy in this day and age, it takes away your life. So to me, it's a choice to show up and, and be as um, open and I always say in my meditation daily, it's like, how can I serve today? And how can I show up and show me what I'm meant to receive? Mm. Yeah, That's
0: a beautiful way to start your day.
1: Yeah, it really helps. It it aligns my mind to then act into it. Mm -hmm. Is there anything I haven't asked you that I should have? Well, my life is a colorful one, so it's more about what would you like to know? But not should have, no. I think, I believe conversations are what they're meant to be in that moment, you know, based on what comes up for each person. So I don't feel that there was a void on anything.
0: All right, then let's make sure people can find you. Where, what's your website? Any other ways to find you?
1: Social media, all that stuff. Yeah, so I I would say I hang out the most on Instagram. So that's at kareen. Z Walsh. Um, so you can find me there. Walsh.com is all things Karine too. It's like all the businesses, the books, the, the whole kit and caboodle is for all information. If you are a business owner or entrepreneur or leader and um, you want to connect on a more professional platform, I'm definitely active on LinkedIn um, but truly, you know, all things Karine are at kareenwalsh.com. And I would love, I would love also, you know, to hear thoughts on my podcast as well. And that's at your badass journey. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not hard to find me. Google my name and you'll see it. <laughs> you'll With see the all, Z the, for. all things. That's my maiden name. So I had, a, I had a real kick-ass maiden name. It was Zar. So I am Karine Zar Walsh. And you changed your name. Yeah, I got married, and I love him. And I figured I'm gonna step into that identity because that's the role I have right now. And yet, you're royalty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Well, the royalty doesn't go anywhere with the name
0: change. No, All right, I'll show good. up
1: in that. I'll show up in that regardless, my friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Karine. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thank you, Kelsey, for having me on your show. So great. You're a badass.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group. Find your awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, KelseyAbbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the find your awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.